Blog Talk Radio. What if I told you the dreams on the Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Love Line with Allison. Tonight, I am interviewing the illustrious Angela J. Ford, author and literary consultant and entrepreneur. Um, In 2015, Angela quit her full-time job to focus on doing the work she loved, being an entrepreneur as well as... um, being a literary consultant and author. So let's speak to Angela. Good evening, Angela. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So can you tell my listeners a little bit more about you? Yes, so uh, obviously my name is Angela, and I uh, really have like two main passions. Uh, one of them is writing, and I actually started writing because my, my whole family, we were all avid readers, and we absolutely loved reading and uh, watching movies and reading out loud to each other and discussing the books we read, and at that time, I really just fell into storytelling, and I really enjoy telling stories to my sisters and making up different events that would happen and just capturing the, the attention and capturing the mind with fun, exciting, action-adventure stories. And so I began to write. I actually fell into writing fantasy novels, and I started doing that when I was 12 years old, and I wrote an entire series between the ages of 12 and 16. So that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then after that, I, I moved on. I went off to college and tried to do more adult things, I guess, if you put it like that. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of like getting a degree and working full time and really like working my way up the corporate ladder. But I, I would always find myself coming back to writing. And my sisters were always asking me to rewrite the, the books that I'd written when I was younger and make them something that was actually really good and could be released out into the world. And so I, I started working on that, and I did that. And uh, my first book came out in 2015, and it was a lot of fun. It was very well received. And I had a lot of authors coming to me and started to ask me about my book launch strategies and what I did to market the book. And I, I was looking at it, and I was like, you know what? I actually can turn this into a business. So then I started doing a lot more with uh, the book marketing and uh, just really helping authors to figure out, you know, how can they get more visibility for their books? What do they need to do in order to get seen? Because there are so many excellent books that are written and that are out there in the world, but not everyone knows about them. And right. you, know, you think about the different ways you hear about books, like you hear about it from your friends or you might go online and, or someone may give you a book recommendation or you might be at the bookstore and someone gives you a recommendation. And so one of my big goals is to help authors get their books in front of their readers, even if they're unconventional and creative ways to do it, but to really go about doing that. And that's something that I'm always um, – Trying to figure out how to do that myself, just kind of like testing, trying out different things. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay, all right, that's awesome. Um, so tell me about. I should have my glasses on, but I don't. Gwentel. <laughs> Is that okay, so a um, when... children's book or? It is. 
It's a very short novella, and it was actually the very first book I published. And I learned a lot okay. from, from doing it that way. So that one was published in 2009, and it's sort okay. of funny because that's a, an action-adventure story that I'm kind of embarrassed about writing and, like, publishing and putting out because I did not have a plan or a strategy. So it's something that not a lot of people really know about until they see my other books. And then they go, oh, what's this over here? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was a fun little thing I wrote before I got really serious about my work. So I, oh. I do like the story, and it, it was uh-huh. fun. But uh, I just realized I learned so much more from that experience. I learned uh, what to do with my, my writing style and how to really develop my characters. And so I, I do like that book. It was kind of like a stepping stone to, to the next thing, to bigger and better. Right. And um, as authors, we all have a learning experience. You know, um, I think it's even for authors who are traditionally published, I honestly think it's a great idea to be self-published first um, or at least to know that side of the business as well as someone who is self-published should know um, the yeah, business and I side. Really, mm-hmm. I really like that you say that because I've noticed, like I subscribe to a lot of uh, emails from different mm-hmm. authors, and I've noticed that both traditionally published authors who might have a deal with like Penguin House or some other mm-hmm. big, huge publishing company and self-published authors, they do the exact same marketing techniques. And I've noticed that uh, it's really because regardless of whether you're self-published or traditionally published, you are expected as an author to help market your book. And so if right. you have a traditional publishing deal, like it, it does give you, it feels like it gives you a leg up because they already have all of these contacts and they can get you into the bookstores and really kind of like set you up on that way. But the ongoing book sales and the ongoing success of that really is up to the author to make sure that they know right. how to market their book. And so absolutely. with self-publishing, you're absolutely right. Like you get both ends, but you understand like what you need to do to build your platform, to market it. You understand, you know, what editors go through when they look at the book and the different kinds of editing that are available. You understand, you know, how to translate your vision over to a cover designer. Like it's just very in-depth and there's a lot to do there. And I think it's really helpful. I think, we'll begin to see a lot more of the hybrid authors that self-publish their books and go through mm-hmm. traditional publishing methods, and they have both because you do have more control when you decide to self-publish. Uh, right. And then you also get to be able to experiment with different things. Your royalties might even be higher because you don't have to split the pot with so many different people. Right. So it's a really neat thing. I guess I'm a hybrid author then. Cool. I've never heard it. Um, say it like that before, but I like that. I yeah, yeah, like the new that. term that I heard, and I'd try it out tonight. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> I I really appreciate that. I love your picture on your website where you are, where you have your black and your red on, and you're holding your glasses. I mean, you have glasses on, and you're holding your book, The Five Warriors. And I just, I love that. I'm like, wow. Oh, thank you. That's actually one of the fun things that I, I like doing. Like, I have a friend that loves to take photos, and I was, she one day she mm-hmm. was like, you know what? Go get your, go get your book, and we'll go to the park, and we'll just take pictures of it, which is also another fun way to just get the word out Market. about the book. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's fun because The Five Warriors is actually the first book in uh, the Four World series. And uh, each book has a different color theme. So The Five Warriors, the theme of that book is red. And uh, so obviously I wore red to kind of match it and go with it. Uh, But it's all like an action-adventure story about – it's in the fantasy genre, but it's all about – Five warriors who notice these transformed creatures are coming across the sea into their land, and they're just ripping everything apart. They're attacking people. They're burning things down, and so they decide to put a stop to it, and it 
this turns out to be this crazy adventure where they actually don't really know what they're getting into, and it turns out to be something that's deeper and darker than they ever could have imagined. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a fun book. Red is a very appropriate color for them. I, I really enjoyed uh, writing out the, the battle scenes in that book and just had a lot of fun with the, the adventures and the different things that happen to the, the characters in the story as well as their own inner conflicts. But, yeah, it's just definitely something that I like to walk around with a book. I also have bookmarks that I like to just hand out to people. We just randomly strike up a conversation, especially if I'm right. in a coffee shop or – I'm out of the bookstore or something like that. Uh, it's just a great way to, it's good to have something to just hand out to people at any time. True. Absolutely true. Um, so why um, why did you choose Green then for your second book, your current release, The Blended Ones? Oh, yeah. So this book, uh, it's kind of funny because the original title of it was mm-hmm. A War, A Search in Two Kingdoms. Um, but oh. after like, talking with a designer, uh, she recommended switching it up to the blended ones. But one of the things I really wanted, uh, the story kind of centers around two different islands. And so mm-hmm. I really wanted the, the sea monster coming out of the sea and kind of that aqua, like, blue-green color yes. there. And so that ended up being the theme for that book. Um, okay. And and it's also kind of fun and exciting because blue, like, there's, there's a lot of different things that blue symbolizes, um, especially something that's, like, calm and serenity and right. peace. And I just thought it was uh, kind of ironic to make that the, the color for the book when it is the exact opposite. Like there's a lot of chaos and a civil war that's about to break out and obviously uh, a sea monster, dragons, and just there's a lot of fun things going on in that book that it's completely not calm and peaceful. <laughs> but it's to me it's um, cool that you picked uh, something so serene to be the theme of something that's so chaotic is um you know it's just I can't even describe it but I just think it's really cool and um really unique that you did that thank you I appreciate that you're welcome so um we would like to know where do you get your ideas like for um especially for your fantasy novels, you know, where do, where do, um, what's your inspiration for those? Yeah, so that, that's actually a great question. I kind of pull inspiration for a lot of things. Uh, the main inspiration actually for writing the, the, the book series, the fantasy series, was really when I was growing up, I have four sisters, and mm-hmm. we used to play different games together because we were just home a lot. We were all homeschooled. And, you know, okay. when we were done with our schoolwork, we could just hang out with each other and play with our Barbies and our toy horses and just kind of do whatever we wanted with that. And it was always really fun because we would always end up narrating out what our characters were doing. And eventually okay. they just turned into these just like hilarious adventures that they were going on. And at one point, you know, there is a ship and they're going between these two islands and there was a war going on. And that's really where the idea for the blended ones came along. And then also, yeah, I draw a lot of inspiration just from reading other books. I'll get a lot of different ideals from it. I'll be like, oh, what if I have a character that does this, this, and this? That would be really cool. I have a plot line and, you know, something, there's a twist to it. Or I'll like what an author does in their book, but then I'll think, you know, like I could do something a little bit different that would be more shocking in a way. Um, so reading other books is just powerful to help like, get the ideals flowing. And then life experience is always beautiful. Uh, right. I like spending time in nature and to go hiking and just being outside is an inspiration as well. So, so those would be the, the key ways that I do draw those inspirations. Um, childhood games that I played, reading other books, and then just being out in nature and enjoying life and traveling, seeing different things. Uh, and also, Hearing different perspectives, 
Uh, that's actually one thing I think that is really important, especially mm-hmm. because when someone tells a story, there are always like two sides to a story, and they're right. always slightly different. Or if you've ever played the game telephone where you kind of whisper a message to someone and then they pass it to the next person and the next person, and by the time mm-hmm. the message gets all the way around, it's completely different than what it started out with. And I think that concept is very interesting, especially for storytellers, um, to be able to tell the story, especially from two different perspectives and see that, you know, something that one person thinks is like, this is good, this is the absolute way that things should go. Another person might be like, actually, no, we're going to do things this way. It's going to be chaotic and crazy and a lot of insane things are going to happen, but that's how they live their lives. So is actually how um, I sculpted my fantasy world to have four main people groups, and each of them has a very distinct talent. So there's the people group, they're very curious. They like to go travel. They like to explore the world. They don't like to stay in one place too long. And so they're they're just really, really like hyper-excited people who are always curious about everything and always in trouble because they're way too curious for their own good. And then they kind of clash with another people group who are the homebodies. They want to sit at home. They want to grow their land, and they want to farm, and they want to have a ton of children. And those two different people groups always tend to clash because neither of them are wrong in their desires and what they want. Like, it's great to want to have adventure. It's great to want to stay at home and, like, build this beautiful family, have this amazing farm. So they're not wrong. It's just they, they just clash all the time because their perspectives are so different. And so that's actually something where I have the four main people groups and they're all very distinct and very different and their personalities clash a lot uh, just because, you know, they're they're all, like, good people, so to say. It's just that, you know, I really want to focus in on, you know, all these people are different, but when they come together, they can work very well together. And that's a huge um, underlying theme in the book that goes back to, Diversity is one of the big underlying things. Really coming together, working together is one of the big underlying things that carries throughout uh, the series. So I like throwing those little, like, I guess, life lessons into the book, so to say. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, do you, this is a question that just kind of came to me a few minutes ago, but do you notice or have you noticed the lack of diversity in um, the fantasy or sci-fi fantasy genre, so to speak? Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. That's actually one of the the huge things that I've noticed is that, um, I mean, sci-fi and fantasy already is a very male-dominated genre. And right. In, in a way that makes a lot of sense because they're writing about all of these action scenes and like, you know, adventure and there's like war and battles and stuff. But um, then on the flip side, I've noticed that more women that write fantasy tend to write more of the, the fantasy, more like fairy tale, almost romance books um, right. where it's more dealing with like paranormal and there's an underlying love story that carries throughout. I mean, Men also write those, but I've noticed it tends to be more of the women that write them. And also I've noticed that, you know, there's it's not very diverse when it comes to um, the the different people that are writing fantasy. So it may be very right. male, white male-dominated um, genre. And so I was like, well, you know, I don't really see a lot of black people, a lot of Asians or African-Americans or, you know, um, other people, Latinos, like, writing in this genre. Like, they, they just tend to, like, stick to what they know. And so that's also something that that's very fun that I kind of like that makes it a little unique. And the more I dig into the fantasy world, the more I'm starting to find, like, more diversity. And that's very exciting. Um, but I also think it's, you know, also the, the world I've been exposed to, a lot of people really focus on writing nonfiction with their books because it's, right. in a way, it feels so much easier to, to market and sell the nonfiction. And I write nonfiction, too. I tend to keep it more to um, short blog posts versus books. Right. Um, 
but I've noticed that too, and I really have a big heart for like the the fiction books, uh, just because I think it's really cool to like step back. And I mean, I'm a huge reader. I read everything: fiction, nonfiction. I'll read fantasy. Yes. I mainly read thrillers, actually. Um, I, I mean, I honestly read everything, and I really like seeing. Like it, it just helps me with my writing come up from different perspectives. If I read uh-huh. a nonfiction book about like the art of writing, and then I go and read a thriller with like this crazy twisted ending, and then I sit down and read this like beautiful like fantasy book that's more lyrical and it's prose, and just like having all of those different things just really helps me broaden my horizons and learn more as not only as a writer but as as, as a person. Like I can. Right. feel myself developing and like really thinking through my thoughts and my decisions just from that. And so I think that's really important to have different people from different backgrounds writing about the, these stories and like sharing these messages. And that's, that's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think that's really cool. And to go back to what you said about, um, writing or telling the same story from different perspectives. One of my favorite examples of that would have to be Eric Jerome Dickey's Naughty or Nice. Um, Because he told, you know, he told the same story, but he told it from three different sisters' point of view. Mm -hmm. And it was... I mean, you know, it was hilarious to read how the baby sister thought that the middle sister was crazy and the oldest sister thought that the baby sister was the only one worth um, dealing with. And it was just really funny. And then to come find out, they all come to the same conclusion at the end, but. Um, it was just like wow, you know, really. But um, that was just that was where I first came across that style of writing is um, telling the same story from different points of view. Yeah, and I love that. It's really cool how people can focus in on one thing that's happening, but different people will get different things out of it. So yeah, I really like that. It also helps with um, developing empathy as well. Like I've realized, you know, I see things a certain way in life, but I know people see slightly differently. And so that's also also something really fun to talk about or have a conversation around. Right. Absolutely. Um, So if you were to turn, um, let's say, the first book, I hate that, Five Warriors, into a movie or a script, who could you see playing the lead character or lead character? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that is such a good one. Um, I really like, okay, so... For the five warriors, there is one leader. His name is Prince Alive, and he's like this kind of like big, blonde, kind of like more like a muscle man. Um, so I can kind of see Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor, playing him uh, just because okay. he's just like, you know, that kind of big guy who like takes charge and like leads the way. Um, and then for for the others, I'm not sure, but I have one, the one female in the group of the warriors. Her name is uh, Alaria the Lightfoot, and I could see uh, Zoe Salandina playing her just because yes. um, she always does, like, such a good job in her, her movies. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that would be really cool to see. <laughs> not even having read your book, I can picture, I can totally picture her playing a female character in one of your books just based Uh off of, you know, what you've told me. So definitely, I um, can definitely see that. That's that's really cool. 
Yeah, that that would be really fun. Because one of the things I try to do is just kind of cover, like, not quite all the different races, but, like, I try to really incorporate, like, you know, people have, like, there's the blonde guy, and then there's, like, a guy with, like, dark hair who looks more like a Native American. So they're just, like, different different things that, you know, I just kind of wrote into the book just to make it so it just doesn't sound like, oh, like, these are all, like, the same boring people in this story. Great. <laughs> Multicultural, and I think that's, I really think that's cool. Um, yeah. I think that's cool. But yeah, that's so, actually, um, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, that's actually one of the reasons on the the book cover, I didn't want to actually have my designer draw out the, the warriors on there. I wanted them to be silhouetted because I wanted people to read the book and then form their own opinions of what the, the characters look like. So that that was something that was very intentionally done. Cool. That is cool. Uh, so... What what inspired you to um, leave your full time career and make this your full time career or part? So of one it? of the reasons was <laughs> I I remember I was you know I was at a good place in the career I guess from the outside looking in where. You know, I was quickly right into the top. I had a great management position, just like all these great things were happening. The salary was good. You know, I could work from home on different days. Like, everything was everything was good. And I remember sitting in my office. I was looking out the window, and it was, like, one of those beautiful days where mm-hmm. spring is coming, and it's really nice outside, and I just wanted to be out there. And I was like, how great would it be if I could just, like, walk outside right now and pull up my laptop and just sit out there with a cup of coffee and just, like, write for the next four hours and not have to worry about clients calling or situations that I need to work with my team and figure out and really just, like, brainstorm. Like, what if I could just, like, walk outside and just, like, write my books and not worry about it? And then I thought to myself, you know, if I don't quit my job and the next five years continue as they have, will I be happy with the decisions that I made and the choice I made to, like, stay in something that was super comfortable but kind of really wasn't working for my ideal lifestyle, the dreams that I wanted to achieve and the goals I wanted to achieve. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, the next five years pass exactly like this. I would not be happy. And so I turned and I noticed, and I was like, I've got to go. Got to go sit outside and write. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> um, but that that really was it. Like, it's, it was just all a matter of, you know, meeting the goals. And it's so much easier now that, you know, I have, like, a, a couple books out now and, it's much right. easier to balance between, like, writing and working on the book marketing business and other contracts that I have. Like, it's just so much easier now to, to work with everything. And I think it's also easier because now I'm not a, a newbie to the self-publishing world. Mm-hmm. I understand how it works. Like, I understand how much time I need. I know what to do to, like, plan out my book launches. And it's so much easier to launch a book now because I have a fan base versus back when I was releasing the Five Warriors, I had to start everything from right. zero. From and that took yes. oh, yeah, so much more time, so much more energy. Uh, I just, like, could spend days, like, just thinking about, like, my marketing strategy and what I wanted to do. And, like, now with releasing the blended ones, it's so much easier. I'm like, oh, well, I know what I'm doing now, so this is great. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what I treasure about my first experiences because, like, even if they didn't necessarily work, I know how to take what did work and get rid of what didn't work and um, mm-hmm. put it together and um, push forward for my next release or my next project, whether it's a book or um, working on a screenplay or or whatever. 
So, um, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love hearing that. Thank you. Um, does your family support your career as a writer? In they do actually. I'm one of those very late blessed and lucky people to have uh, the support of my family. As a matter of fact, my sisters, I have four of them, and they really just like pushed me to actually rewrite my fantasy series. They were like, "When can we read it? When are you going to make it an actual like good legit story that we'll enjoy reading instead of laughing over?" I was like, oh, I'll think about it. And they just kept bothering me and nagging. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so what I, what I actually end up doing is um, I'll write out my first draft of the book and then I'll send uh-huh. it to them because they are my audience. They have asked for this book and I'm writing it for them. And so I'll send it to them. I'll let them beta read it. They'll go through and, you know, the thing I like about my sisters is that they all have different personalities and they all react to things differently. So, you know, one will look at it and they'll be like, okay, that's fine. Another will look at it and go like, oh, my gosh, your commas are crazy. I'm going to fix all your grammar. Another one will look at it and go, well, I have questions about this. And then another one will look at it and go like, oh, this character sucks. I really, like, want more life from him. And so I really like that I get those four different opinions and I can really work them throughout the book. And so... I actually will do a couple of rounds with them before I I move out to branch out to like beta readers outside of my family, people that I don't know, and actually get them to read it and get their reactions. You know, do another round, and then I actually when I get yeah yeah it helps so much because you know people will ask questions or they'll pull out things that I haven't thought about and I'm like oh yeah I thought that in my head but I forgot to write it down so it doesn't make sense right there. it's helped a lot with making it uh, a full, cohesive story, and but actually making the characters the like people that you want to get to know, or maybe you don't want to get to know them. Um, but yeah, and then I send it. My final step is sending it to my editor, and I just really focus on, you know, the the proofreading with that. You know, I, I do have a great editor who will tell me, hey, this sentence didn't make sense. You know, you can like tighten this up or make it flow a little better. Um, that I really, really want to focus on the, the proofreading. Uh, just because I'm not a trained writer, per se, like it's not anything that I study in uh, college, and so I kind of have my own ideals when it comes to putting together my words. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think if I, like, really honed down and studied it too much, that I, I kind of would pay more attention to the rules than to make it a beautiful, creative story. I always want to have that beautiful, creative story flow versus trying to make sure that, oh, my gosh, do I know what my character's favorite color is? Because this worksheet tells me to write out all these things about my character. You know, I right. just don't care what my character's favorite color is. That's cool. But <laughs> and, <laughs> not important. And, um, as an author slash editor, I, you know, I catch myself doing that tug of war with, would I rather talk about what she's doing or talk about what she's wearing while she's doing such and such and such? You know, so um, yeah. I definitely, I definitely get it. We are going to take a very quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Do you need hot new graphics? Do you need your book edited, proofread? typeset, or formatted, then contact me, Allison MDs, CEO of Allison Edits, and that's Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, Edits, E-D-I-T-S, dot com. The streets are talking about the hottest urban fiction novel on the market right now. A Legal Life, a North Philly story by Jay Cerrone is a reality-based saga which is entertaining, educational, and relatable to readers from different ages and all backgrounds. Purchase a copy for yourself or someone you love today and find out what all the buzz is about. Ebook versions available online at iTunes, Kobo, and Interasite. Paperback copies currently available at quality retailers nationwide. Brought to you by Paper Tape Publications, the ultimate in urban literature. 
All right, and we're back. For those of you who just maybe somehow tuning in, we are talking tonight to the lovely and super talented Angela J. Ford. Angela, welcome back. Thank you. Uh-huh. Great chatting with you so far. Yes, I'm enjoying chatting with you as well. Um, so can you tell us what you're working on or maybe working on at the moment? So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm working on a fantasy series. And so, okay. book one is out. Book two actually releases on April 20th. And I am oh, okay. in the middle of writing the third book. So, I'm about oh, 70,000 words in, I guess. I'm over the halfway oh. point. That's really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of action adventure and really going back and realizing the characters are starting to realize that the things that they've been told may not necessarily be, be true. Or right. it's just kind of revealing that mystery, that, that backstory. Um, and we'll see how it turns out in the end. But, yeah, that that's one of the very some things I'm working on. I've noticed that uh, as a writer, and I think you may be able to relate to this too, but yes. what I tend to do my books is um, I notice that there are some themes or there are some things that always happen in every single book that I write. And it, it cracks me up a little bit, but I've noticed, like, I always have, like, a quest. Like, they're always traveling from one place to another place, and it's going to take them a long time. And they they have a lot of adventures along the way that, like, like the quest is always something that, mm-hmm. you know, takes up the book, so... I'm in the middle of that, like, quest. And then okay. they always have to cross some sort of body of water at some point, whether it's sea or the ocean or something, and then they get attacked by a sea monster. And that happens in every book, too. So I'm about to get to that part. I'm really excited about it. Uh, <laughs> and then there, there, there are other things that, like, always happen. Um, but it's just kind of fun and kind of funny. I've noticed that I'm like, oh, like, I know my books are different, but I can see myself, like, following routines when I write, and that, that cracks me up a little bit. That's cool. That is really cool. Uh, and, wow, uh, 70K is, like, a little past the halfway point. I'm like, wow, okay, halfway point. All right. Oh, it is long. Like, my last book, The Blended Ones, it was only about uh-huh. 90 94,000 words or so, um, but this one is really long, so like, okay. it's just it's just happening. <laughs> it actually is so long, I'm splitting it up into two books, so books three and book four. Um, it's just okay. a lot to tell. Like, it's, it's, it's my masterpiece. It is the book that I always wanted to write, but I felt like I needed some practice first. Uh, before I got right. to it, so I practiced. Now this is this is the real moment. <laughs> this is the uh, debut. Okay, I, I get it. This is um, so. How many books do you plan on having in the Four World series? So I actually plan on just having four in the series. So uh-huh. I'm really excited because when we get into the point over the halfway point, I'm getting ready to wind down. Um, so book three will be out later this year, and then book four will be out uh, next year. And one of the things that I really wanted to do is since I'm building this whole fantasy world, I wanted to really tell the, the origin story of the world and how it came to be the way it is. And so that's what this series is doing, is basically establishing the world. And then from then I can write all of these other stories that I want to write. And some of them are short stories. Some of them are full-length novels. But they're all uh, standalone books that take place within this world that I built. And so I have about, you know, 10 or so that I already know that I want to write. Um, but I just, you know, got to lay that foundation first and then dive into all of those other adventures and things that happen. And the other thing I really wanted to do was really establish, like, the great heroes of the old time and the uh, – you know, the symbols of power that they carry, like their weapons. And so, you know, people will always talk about them in awe and wonder. And, you know, they'll go back, you know, back in the days at the five warriors and they'll be like, this is a great thing. Um, (laughs) 
kind of cracks me up a little bit. But then you can actually go read the story, the five warriors, and you can see, oh, okay, they were pretty cool. Um, so that, that's really what I'm doing, just kind of like laying that foundation, building up the world so that I'll be able to write all of these stories about it. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have ideals for another series yet. We'll see what happens with that. I may switch genres in the future. Um, but so far, I'm loving the fantasy. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so who are some of your favorite authors? I know that you, like me, have been reading for a lifetime. Uh, so, uh-huh. so who are some of your favorite authors? Oh, my gosh. There are so many. Okay. So growing up, a lot of my inspirations were from C.S. Lewis and George MacDonald <laughs> and J.R.R. Tolkien. I really enjoyed reading that. Uh, as I grew older, like my, what I really love reading has changed a lot. And so mm-hmm. uh, one of my very favorite fantasy authors is Patricia A. McKillop. And she's written dozens of books. Like, it's incredible. But I love her writing style uh, just because the way that she writes, it's just, you know, someone said it's just very pretty. Like, it's almost like lyrical, like prose. But it's like a, a, just a gorgeous oh. way that she goes about writing her stories, and so I love that, and I've actually learned a lot from reading her books, and it's funny because she's written so much, and I haven't always enjoyed every single story, but I've always enjoyed her reading experience, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it (laughs) does. Okay, okay, good. Uh, Just because her writing style is excellent. Um, I also really like books by Sarah Addison Allen. She's a lot more yeah. contemporary. She'll write about things that, you know, could be happy. So it could be happening in your town, and then she'll put in a little bit of magic in there. And so it will just be, it's just, I just love her, her stories. And, you know, she always knows how to blend, like, real life with, like, romance with, like, a little bit of, you know, the, the unknown and, like, just hits of magic, like, you know, a peach tree that keeps, like, you know, blossoming and growing peaches and just, they're just like really different cool things that she does with her stories um, that are very neat. Oh, cool. Or like, you know, someone who owns a restaurant and like people can, you know, they just always go there just because the way that she makes something is a little unusual, but it's just so, so perfect and so delectable. Um, right now, I actually just discovered books by, um, Another self-published author, uh, J.L. Lawrence, she's actually based out of South Africa, and she writes more thrillers, uh, more sci-fi thriller, I guess, futuristic novels. um, But I absolutely love her books, and she has a lot out there. Um, And, yeah, I've noticed that I've, instead of leaning more towards, uh, if you haven't read the young adult fantasy, I lean a lot more towards um, adult thriller novels which cracks me up a little bit, um, right. but but I like it. But, yeah, I'm really, really inspired by those authors, and I think it also helps because they're outside of the genre that I write in, and, you know, I can really enjoy the, the story that they're telling and be very impressed by it. <laughs> right. That's, that's cool. Uh, that's really cool. So, um, we don't have much time left, but can you tell us more about your services and your uh, business services for other authors? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my goals is to just really help authors just become more visible, especially online. So right. I have a big background in digital marketing. That's actually where I've done a lot of work more on like digital marketing and marketing technology. So I actually built websites for authors. That's one of the more okay. hands-on services that I do. And I really focus on, you know, the landing page for author books, just making sure that that is, is beautiful, that, you know, authors don't feel like they have to struggle with putting up their website and then it not being as pretty as someone else's because, you know, we don't all have beautiful websites. Uh, and I really like, I'm not a designer, but I really like, you know, gorgeous design. Like I'm the kind of person I can see something and I know exactly what, I like and I know how to articulate that, which is kind of funny because all of my book covers, like, it literally, they, my designer showed it to me and I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. How did you know? Right. Um, 
But I, I love the design aspect, and I love, like, laying it out and just making it look good on a web page. But one of the big things that I really focus on is actually doing a book launch. And so I, I discovered a lot when I was first uh, starting out, especially starting from scratch. And I really like that I can tell authors, like, hey, I've been exactly where you've been, and I had to start from scratch with no website, no email list, absolutely nothing. No fans except for my four sisters. I had those four at least. Um, and I had to really build that up. And I, it, it was so cool, like, after the Five Warriors launched in uh, fall of 2015, like, the next month I just had so many authors, like, coming to me and asking me questions about the book launch and what I did and how to do it. And so I just took, like, everything that I did and I turned it into a course, How to Plan a Book Launch. And, you know, I was like, okay, here's everything I did. Here's everything that I recommend you do in order to yes. make your book launch successful and to build it up, especially starting from scratch, especially with unknown authors. Um, and I give my advice for, you know, like cover design, like one of the big things that sells books is having that gorgeous book cover. Um, and then also, you know, when people open it up, if your book cover is gorgeous, but you fail to have enough eyes on it, reading through, catching all your errors and mistakes, then, you know, there's going to be that, that suffering and it's going to show up in the reviews. And so there are just a lot of different things, especially with, you know, after your book launch, what needs to happen. You know, you can't just stop marketing your book. You have to continue to do it, but you have to focus on finding new audiences. So not necessarily seeing your email list, hey, my book is 99 cents or it's free today because they already have it. You need to reach people right. that you haven't already reached before. So just a lot of those, like, marketing steps and tactics, uh, those are the big things that I really love talking about and I really like helping authors figure out. And so it's, it's just a lot of fun, especially planning those book launches and getting ready to do that marketing for those books. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, did you design your own website? I did. I uh, actually designed all of my websites. I just okay. like to sit down, build them, think about, okay, what do my readers want? And it also helps to get that feedback. Like a lot of people told me they're like, sometimes I just want to go to your website and sign up for your email list. I don't want to have to look around for it. I just want to do that. I'm like, well, okay, I'll make it easy. And then also knowing, like, what to do for um, people on their smartphones and tablets and how that layout, what that layout looks like, all of that. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a hobby. I'm always sitting around, speaking it, updating it. (laughs) Well, I think that's cool. That's really cool. Um, It looks so, you know, it looks totally professional, like, uh, like as if a Fortune 500 or type Aww. company, actually. Oh, yes. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, your website is like my website goals. You know how they say relationship goals? I have website goals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I say that all the time when I see an author succeeding, and I'm like, mm, book marketing goals. Be like them. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> Because and you know it's funny because I I do um, websites or you know basic websites for other business owners and sometimes mm-hmm. authors and what have you, but I feel like I never have the time to keep mine up as much as I would like to anymore. And I'm like, oh, this does not look good. How can I say that I do websites and <laughs> it barely have? I know food. what you mean. Yeah, because when you're doing services, it just, oh, it just gets so busy. Like, there's just so much going on. You don't always have time to focus on, you know, your stuff, what you actually right. do with your stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there any advice that you would have for any of my aspiring authors out there? Yeah, my biggest advice that I can give is if you are thinking about writing a book and you're not sure how to get started, my advice is just to sit down and start writing. Um, One of the things that happens when you just start writing and making it a habit 
you know, regardless of whether that's every single day or, you know, every single week, just like turning writing into a habit, uh, you'll write some things and you'll absolutely love them and those will work its way into something bigger and you'll write some other things and they won't be as awesome. But the, the goal is to write and not to worry and like go back and self-edit too much, but just keep moving forward and just keep writing because that is exactly how books are written. And, you know, I, I know that you can say, like, sometimes you're not in the mood and you don't feel like writing or you write an entire chapter. Like, I've written tons of chapters that have been completely disastrous. And I'm like, well, that's not going in the final book. But, you know, now I know what not to do. So, right. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, well, at least I wrote something today, you know. So, um, even if it's something I'm not happy with at the end, you know, at least I did stick to my goal of writing today. I I have gotten to the point to where I set a daily reminder on my phone to try and write at least five handwritten pages a day. Um, I don't always make that exact goal, but I notice that the more, you know, I've had this reminder on my phone for like maybe a month now because I'm trying to be more consistent with my own writing Um, Mm -hmm. because I'm always so busy um, doing other services for other authors or just other businesses or other people, period, that I haven't, you know, that by the time it's time to sit down and do my stuff, I'm exhausted. I'm like, you know what, forget it. I'm not even feeling it anymore. You know, so it's like I'm, I'm trying to learn to make myself make time for me. So, um, literally, having a reminder set on my phone, did you write such and such today or whatever, is it's helping. And I'm noticing that even if I don't reach my page, you know, the amount goal that I've written something each day, and it adds up. hmm I... I love that you said that because uh, that's actually someone gave me the same advice, well, a little bit different, but they say, you know, right. if if you're writing, like, make sure you just set a date for yourself and say, like, okay, today this is my writing hour. Or this, these are the 30 minutes I'm going to sit, sit writing. Um, and it really helps because when you are intentional about setting that reminder and making it a priority, and doing it just like, you know, you brush your teeth during the day. Um, right. Just like doing something like that, it just turns into a habit. And, you know, what people say about habits, they're just those things that you just keep doing over and over again. <laughs> it'll become it'll become almost like uh, religious to you in a minute, like such second nature. Like it'll get to the point you won't be able to go without writing. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking. I am so looking forward to getting back to that because when I first started, um, oh gosh, going on ten years ago, in the industry, you couldn't meet me out of my either off of my notebook or off of the um, computer writing. Um, oh, even when I was yeah. in, in class in college, supposed to be <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. doing medical terminology, I was. I would have my uh, terminology program on one page and be writing in Word on the other. So, um, yeah, I kind of miss those days. Yeah, those are good times. I mean, like, I can't even sit and write every day. I would love to, but it it just will not happen. It would not be good. But, yeah, Uh it's uh, such a good feeling to sit down and get those words out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, where do you see publishing going in the future, or even see yourself in the next five years? Yeah, so the future of publishing, I think that we'll definitely see more of a, you know, more of a blend between the traditional and self-published authors. I think self-publishing mm-hmm. actually is on the rise. Uh, especially right. because authors are starting to figure out, you know, if they don't have that 
that good book cover design, their their story isn't edited or like proofread or they haven't had enough people go through and critique it, then you know, it will tell and they can it will tell because their sales will suffer and, you know, the reviews will be won't be as good. But I, I think we'll start to see more of a rise in it and people will become braver about, you know, getting their work out there and not necessarily waiting to go through the traditional publishing gatekeepers. And I think we'll also see a lot more if um I think the the book publishing or book marketing has done a good job of getting the the books in front of the readers online, and I think we'll continue to see the improvements in that. And, you know, one of the big things that, one of the big goals I have for myself in the next five years is to see uh, my books picked up for either a television show or a movie, actually. So that's something that, you know, once I get them all out and I'm done writing next year, that's really going to be my huge focus. Because I think it'll be a lot of fun to see those on the on the big screen, and it'll be a kind of sort of action adventure that people will really enjoy watching. Absolutely, um, I could even see it being um, a ser- a TV series. I just, you know, I really can picture that yeah. with, um, you know, with just the little tidbits I've learned um, about you since we've been talking or. Since we've been communicating in general, and um, like on the, especially on the Sci-Fi Network or FX, something like uh-huh. that, I think it would just be so cool. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I would. Oh, I'd be over it when that happens. I would just be over the moon, over the moon. <laughs> well, when that happens, we'll have to have a a, a TV show launch party. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so much fun. Well, let's plan that. That might be like 2020, but it's happening. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, like my friends and I say, we're speaking it into existence now. You know, yes. So. Yep. That is what it has. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I love absolutely. Um, I have so enjoyed having you on the love line tonight, Angela, uh, and I really appreciate you coming through. With just a couple of minutes we have left, can you tell um, everyone out there where they can reach you and find you? Oh, my gosh, of course, and thank you so much for having me on. This has been such a fun hour chatting with you. Uh, yeah, so you can reach. Thank you for coming. Yeah, so good. Uh, I'm online everywhere. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea, but I am. Uh, so for book marketing, my website is AngelaJBoard.com, and then uh-huh. for my book, you can reach them over at the FourWorldSeries.com. Uh, okay. Or you can actually just type in the name of the book, like the five warriors dot com. It'll take you to the same place. It's a lot easier to remember too. <laughs> but yeah, then, I'm always on social media and so you can always find me. You just use the handle at A four two one and that's me. Yes, because uh, it was funny. I was looking for you on Instagram to tag you in some of the promotions a few days ago. And I kept putting in your full name and I couldn't find it. And then finally I came up with A421. I said, there she is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, cool. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you set up your social media profile without, like, giving thought to, you know, your future. So I did that when I was, like, like Twitter was from, like, when I was a college kid and, you know, you uh-huh. throw something up there and, <laughs> I did not even think about it, but it has a ton of followers, so I did not want to change it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Love Line. We've had a great time. I can't believe time. Uh, sad face, y'all. But I've enjoyed meeting you, Angela. And I look forward to hopefully chatting again with you sometime soon. 
I would love that. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. And you all have been tuned in to the Love Line, Allison M. Beast. Of course, you can reach me, Allison, A L L Y S O N M. D-E-E-S-E dot com or Loveline's website at Loveline with Allison dot Weebly dot com. Thanks so much. Have a great night.